day two. We're back with the top 10 albums of the year, Album Listening Club 2015. Bitch, I'm your host, Polly, joined by Taylor once again. Hello, everybody. <laughs> How are you doing, my fellow Cool Kids Club member? Eh, pretty good. I'm pretty good? Yeah. Yes. Good. Are you ready? You're kind of cold, but... <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen. How's Where... it... How are you cold? You're you're like in the butthole of the United States. <laughs> yeah, I really. It's just cold in this house right now. Oh, uh, you you wouldn't love being where I'm at because I always keep it a nice brisk sixty eight degrees. I mean that might be warm in comparison to the fucking winter hell that you live in. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good point. Whereas you know, I, I think outside right now. The sun's just about to start setting, so it might be dipping into the 40s by this point. <laughs> oh, it's actually unseasonably warm on the East Coast right now. Mm. Yeah, it's like going to be like 70 tomorrow. Lucky you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally all about it. Like, if this is if this is global warming in action, bring it on. I don't care. I'm not going to be around in 100 years. What do I care about ice caps? Yeah. The day after we record this, I've got to fly to Reno, where it's currently under like two feet of snow. <laughs> That sounds like a winter wonder hellscape. Yeah, just imagine being in Hickville, USA, and it snows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> super fun, super fun. So, you ready to get this shit kicked right off? Gonna jump into the top five albums of the year. Are you ready? Are you nervous? I'm not nervous. I'm eager and ready. All right, well, kick us off. Number five. Mm. The name of the number five album is Overlap. Mm-hmm. No, it's No Cities to Love by Sleater Kenny. Uh, it's a fan, fantastic album. I mean, just, you know, super, just an album that, you know, from a band that I really liked and was kind of sad to see go, and all of a sudden, hey, we have a new record coming out. Just out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like we were in our basement watching early cuts of Portlandia episodes, and me and Karin were like, we should get the band back together. <laughs> And it's in this is like one of those instances where it worked so well, because like we said last episode, like I consider this album perfect start to finish. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> got like sort of the. You know, sort of the more developed musicianship that you heard, you know, a little bit of on the woods combined with that sort of upbeat punkiness of their earlier 90s and 2000s material. Yeah. And it's just catchy as fuck, and I don't think that gets appreciated enough sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something to be said about being upbeat and catchy and, and sing-alongable. It's like, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. And so... Ooh, knocked my mic there. The song I have for us to listen to from this album is different from the one Polly chose. It's A New Wave. Ah, oh, good shit. Which I think I think No Anthems might be my favorite on the record, but I had this sneaking suspicion that Polly might pick that one. <laughs> good, good, good. So, a new wave. But it's not. It's not. It's <laughs>
So my number five is from a band that I have been a fan of for years, a band that I never shut the fuck up about, a band that Taylor and I bonded over, basically. I'm pretty yep. sure, anyway. Um, my number five is The Color Before the Sun by Coheed and Cambria. Uh, and this is just Coheed continuing to do what they do, and which is just be one of the best modern rock bands there is going. Yeah. Um, they continue to grow and be interesting. Uh, I, I will say, though, this album was a first for me because it is the first time uh, in an album from them that I have never liked a Coheed and Cambria song. Oh, yeah. I don't like Young Love at all. <laughs> I can't get into that song. and it just Yeah, it, it, it's that song is kind of like fast forward. Yeah, yeah. I just, it's not I, even just... it's not even on my MP3 player playlist. That song isn't. <laughs> Just get me, just just get me to a You've Got Spirit, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the song that I chose is actually the closer, Peace to the Mountain. Uh, I think it's just a beautiful little song. Um, and it's uh, a lot of themes in the, the song that I can kind of relate to myself as well, lyrically, uh, about isol- forced isolation and kind of shutting yourself off from the world uh, and things like that. Uh, and I like it's just a gorgeous song and a great way to close. And just a really stellar album from a band that keeps on doing what they do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and kind of a really interesting song from them too. I don't. I think it's a little unprecedented in their discography. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing quite like it in their discography, which is another reason I chose it. So it's just like it's not a song that I would use as like sort of like a. Um, you know, a taste test or anything. It's just like, I think it's just a really great song from the album. It's not really indicative of the rest of the album at all. <laughs> not really, no. <laughs> but it's a great closer and a great song. There it is, Peace to the Mountain. Bitch.
subjected to the brink Only so much I can change An artist I wish I could have made Am I irrelevant? Oh, oh will I get a chance to change? Change the colors permanent So let me go
So number four, just hit me with it. Let's go. Hit me with that number four. Jenny Death by Death Grips. Aw, dip. I mean, you know, talk about an album <laughs> that was just hyped by its own fucking latency. <laughs> an album that nobody was sure even actually existed at some point. I mean, I never think... I. I was not one of those people who was waiting on super bated breath and thinking, hey, maybe this doesn't actually exist. I'm like, it it hasn't even been like a full year since the last part yeah. of this came out. Yeah, it's just like, I was fine, totally. You know, I was like, I was obviously excited for Jenny Death, but I was in no way just like, oh, come on, come on, come on. It's any day now. Like, I remember looking like a fool at the Death Grip subreddit and it's just like, every day was just like, Jesus Christ, people, calm the fuck down. I think the best, thing about this whole jenny death saga was when they released fashion week at the first of the year <laughs> it was just like this album of instrumentals which were really good by the oh, way yeah. it's a fantastic little instrumental album uh and it's just like and, and then um like they're like all of the tracks started with the word runway and then it was like and then like from the first track to the last it was runway j e n n y d e a t h w h e n so what do you like from Jenny Death? Uh, the re- I'm picking Piss Piss. <laughs> pss, 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 pss. I love that the, the, the name of the song is just sound. Automatapias. Automatapia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, this song has just, I just think this song just has a really cool, like, sort of dirty grimy sort of groove to it yeah yeah and that it, it really thematically fits with the lyrics too. yeah and it and it has actually it calls back to you know there's a lot of lyrical callbacks to the first part of this album yeah yeah which i'm you know i kind of like that kind of i kind of like that thing that's well, i of mean deal. it, it kind of ties it together because the powers that be is like a double album and it's sort of a loose concept so it all kind of ties together really well. Yeah, and although although I could have picked, I could have easily picked the two songs that surround it in the track list because they're really good songs. Yeah, is there a bad track on Jenny Death at all? Really? I'm not the biggest fan of Centuries of Dam, but it's not like a horrible song. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Yeah. 
get chasing like this. 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 been recorded since beginning. Damn, up in your body like sickest one. Lord, I'm the only thing ever on my mind. Yo, one of those things I never rewind. Coming at the party like garbage fools. With my toes up, throwing in the babies like I chose the cords that go boom. These are my gold bars melted on bones. My junk is like martial art. You not like swim. I fuck it out and I dip, dip, dip. Drop you like ass and you trip, trip, trip. I can't stop it when I trip, trip, trip. You can't stop it when you trip, trip, trip. It's like a pick up the place like a we pick up the pace like a I'm the fucking chasing like Number four is an album we've already discussed. Uh, it is, uh, it's Pimple Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Um, yeah. Just like we said last episode, it's a powerful ass album. It's it's so good, top to bottom, and it's a long album that 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 makes its you know almost 60, 70 minutes worth it. Yeah, uh, from Which top is, to bottom. Know. So that's a hard thing to do. It's hard to keep uh, a listener's interest. Um, I went with uh, The Black or The Berry uh, as my cut from this track because I think that, like, throughout the album, as it leads up to this track, there is this building of tension and anger and so many feelings. And this track is kind of like an explosion of all of that. Like, I don't think before this track you've actually heard him angry on this album. Yeah. And and this track is 
not only really just pointing a finger at white America and its inherent racism uh, and all of that, it's pointing a finger at himself because, you know, like every verse starts off with I'm the biggest hypocrite of 2015. And by yeah. the time he gets to the end of the song, you realize like where he's going with that. And then like it just smacks you upside the goddamn face. Um, and it's just, I, I you know, like and, and then the way the album kind of like mellows out after that into I, which yeah. is just like. Through all of this anger and from all of this anger, you can still find things to love about yourself. Um, and I went with The Black of the Berry because I think that that's like the, the crucial moment of the album where everything builds up and releases. And then you've got this nice little calming afterward uh, that really just ties the album together really perfect. So there you go. The Black of the Berry. Thank you. 
Georgia State Marcus Garvey got all the answers Or try to celebrate February like it's my B-Day Or eat watermelon chicken and Kool-Aid on weekdays Or jump high enough to get Michael Jordan endorsements Or watch BET cause urban support is important So why did I weep when Trayvon Martin was in the street When gang banging make me kill a nigga blacker than me Hypocrite To the home stretch, we're getting close. We are yeah. at number three. Hit me. My number three is The Deal by Sumac. Mm. Now, Sumac is actually a super group. Mm-hmm. The guitar player and vocalist is Aaron Turner, formerly of the band Isis. Yep. And also, he currently does his own shit with. Uh, House of Low Culture and his wife's band Mammifer and another super group called Old Man Gloom but he is like you know a busy man mm-hmm. and the bass player is Brian Cook from Russian Circles and uh, I don't remember the drummer's name I'm gonna be honest but he's from the band nobody remembers drummers we have it the worst which is sad because he's a good drummer yes <laughs> he's a very you know yeah. You know, this is another one of those records where it's Brian Cook has spoken of this record. Nick Yasishin from the band Baptists is the drummer. Ah, okay. Gotcha. So it's another like sort of really pounding, <laughs> almost like Meshuggah-esque progressive metal deal. Ah, God. Love me some Meshuggah. Yeah. And, you know, I think Brian Cook has said that of all the bands he's ever been in, he practices the most for this one. Mm. Just because, and I actually have, you know, jammed out some of these songs with a band before, and I'm like, this 
I was just playing one of these riffs from uh, the te- uh, the Teeth and the Lions something or other. Yeah, <laughs> I have the worst. I have the worst memory for song titles. It's okay. sometimes. <laughs> but you know, we were just it's just dun dun da 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 dun 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 da dun. It's just that kind of the fucking repetition point is just so elusive yeah yeah i love those kinds of tracks though i love wrapping my head around those kind of weird rhythms and things thorn in the lion's paw (laughs) was the song i was thinking of but yeah it's just sort of a really densely packed very aggressive and overbearing thing of a record yeah that is sort of just like capstoned at the start and the beginning by these really just sort of droning and easygoing ambient sort of passages. Mm-hmm. And the song I've chosen for us all is Blight's End Angel, which comes in somewhere in the middle of the album and just sort of, again, I think really sort of showcases everything this album has to offer in one track. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs>
All right. And my number three, uh, another album we've already talked about. Yeah. Uh, Jenny Death by Death Grips. Uh, just like, I don't know about you, but like when I first threw this album on, I was not ready for what I was getting. Uh, <laughs> as soon as it busted into I Break Mirrors with My Face in the United States, it's like, wait a minute, there's a lot of guitar on this album. There are a lot more live drums than I'm used to on a Death Grips album. Yeah, um, there was there was a lot of that kind of dealy. Yeah, it's like a weird kind of post-punk thing um, that I totally am on board with, obviously, just because it's like, you know, you don't want a band to stagnate, especially a group that's been, uh, I think, as innovative as Death Grips has been. Um, and the track that I went with is uh, the title track for the entire uh, double album. I went with The Powers That Be. Uh, I just, I, I think the song is just kind of demonstrates, like, what Jenny Death does as a whole. And the song's just so infinitely quotable. <laughs> yeah. It's got a great it's got a great build to its climax too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, You've got those great lines like my favorite color is oh my god, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just yeah, it is this great track. Like I always say at the end of these things, go listen to more death grips and the powers that be from Jenny Death. Is, is, is a reason you should be doing so. Enjoy. I can't know what I'm about to do. Can't know what I'm about to do. Oh, what the fuck happened? I can't know what I'm about to do. Oh, what the fuck happened? And I can't know what I'm about to do. Check my 
you were about to take a big old number two on this podcast i i am about to drop a big steaming deuce all over <laughs> the audio track right now let's go let's have it all right my number two is the color before the sun by coheed and cambria oh, wow <laughs> much higher on your list than mine huh yeah i yeah i was my top five were really hard for me oh yeah like my whole list once i got it down to 10 it was just like staring at all of these like you're my babies and i don't want to rank you all what if i just play them all at the same time and just make one big ugly musical file that's my album of the year (laughs) but yeah i don't know i just really i don't know i really got into the sort of i don't even know what you would call this I don't even know like what you would call the style of this record because it is definitely sort of a different turn for Coheed and Cambria, I think. Yeah, definitely. It almost it almost harkens back to some of the uh 
like poppier tracks off of In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. I was I was also reminded of um, No World for Tomorrow in some parts. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. And, and that's like definitely their most poppy album. Like if you want to talk a Coheed poppy record like that album, top to bottom, it's like, yo, this is a pop rock album. Yeah, but, you know, I just I really enjoyed just almost every song on this record. And I find myself remembering a lot of the lyrics to it, which is kind of unusual for me. And Islands gets stuck in my head on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah it's just so many great songs. Yeah, yeah. And just a lot of really, like, interesting to see a Coheed record that's just a lot of Claudio's introspection. Yeah, he masks a lot of his introspection through the overall concept of Coheed and Cambria. But this was the first album they've done that doesn't have a concept. You know, the only concept is there's no concept. Yeah, this is just like straight, you know, island. I wrote that about how much I hate living in New York City. Yeah, and the lyrics express that. Yeah, you know, Here to Mars is this really sappy love song about his wife. And it's so good. It's just yeah. like, oh my god, this is the sweetest thing ever. And it's just like, you know, it's like, I don't know how, like, I really, really, really love that album and how sad, or that song and how sappy it is, but I can't yeah. stand, I can't stand just, young love at all. Yeah. <laughs> And then you've got, you know, you've got like Atlas, which is like one of the heavier songs on the record. And he wrote it when his son was born. And yeah. that's why it's called Atlas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's just an album that really goes places. Yeah. So the song I've chosen for us to listen to is the penultimate track, The Audience. Mm, so damn good. My favorite just, track. Yeah. Just a really great, almost like, uh, I guess in terms of. Not in terms of theme as much as just sort of the overall sound and sort of style of the song. It sort of reminded me of Gravity's Union off of Afterman Dissension. Yeah, the that song is fucking heavy. I could, I could, I could like, I could like record a whole podcast talking about Gravity's Union. <laughs> yeah, that that song it it has got to be like one of the best songs in their entire discography with just. That song fucking goes for it. Yeah. And I think the audience goes for it in the very same manner. Yeah. It's got just sort of that really heavy, like, drop toony riffing going on and just the occasional screaming and the building to the huge explosive drop off. Oh, it's so good. And that melodic little chorus that it settles yeah. into. It's just like that song's got everything. It's a great it's a great little coheed time capsule. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, our audience go listen to the audience. <laughs> You're so clever. That's such a good segue. <laughs> You use Surrounded by 
my number two is a, a band that I associate heavily with Coheed and Cambria because I discovered them while they were touring with Coheed and Cambria, actually. And then, like, immediately came home and was like, I'm buying your discography. <laughs> um, it is the new record from The Deer Hunter, uh, Act 4, Rebirth and Reprise. Um, this album just blew me the fuck away when I first heard it. I didn't quite know what to make of it when I first heard it. It was just like, what just happened? Because there's just so many styles and, and the album so confidently moves from style to style in a way that it's just like, I don't think that they quite nailed on those first few albums. Um, I think that like, there was just like maybe a little too overthinking their concept uh, a bit with their earlier records, but I think Rebirth and Reprise kind of takes everything that they've learned with um, even the albums that I didn't think were so good with um, their last record and the color spectrum. Um, they take everything that worked, you know, and manage to just take all of the good stuff and put it into Act 4, Rebirth and Reprise. And it's just this amazing progressive album that's got it's just full of moments that are brilliant. It's just like, this sounds good, and this sounds good, and this sounds good. It's like, I don't care if this album's like 70 minutes. I'm going to hit repeat and listen again. Um, <laughs> uh, and the song that I chose from it is Waves, which is kind of a sappy little love song kind of thing. But um, I like it, and I think it sounds great. And I think you should listen to it, too, right about now. It was just a wave crashing over us
just a wave crashing over us. So here we are, Taylor. Here it is. The time, the like, time has come. This is it. I'm going to stretch him out a little bit, though. Why don't you yeah. give us a, a quick rundown of five to two for you? Five to two was number five, No Cities to Love by Sleater Kenny. Number four was Jenny Death by Death Grips. Number three was The Deal by Sumac. And number two was The Color Before the Sun by Coheed and Cambria. And now, Taylor's album of 2015 is... It's Abyss by Chelsea Wolfe. I listen to this album constantly. It's so good. Absolutely I mean, album of the year worthy to me. Yeah, it's, this was just a... And I liked Chelsea Wolfe before this. Mm-hmm. I, I discovered her just after Apocalypsis came out because mm. I saw... I saw her open with I saw her open for Russian circles and blow Death Heaven right out of the fucking water. Wow. That's <laughs> and, incredible. So that was so that was sort of my introduction to her was seeing this weird you know goth chick in 6 foot high heels playing this really intense moody sort of music. And like we discussed last time this is sort of like the culmination of like everything she's been building up and working on in terms of her sound and her style mm-hmm. layers for days and it's got it's actually a lot of the guitar was played by Mike Sullivan by from Russian Circles who's mm-hmm. a favorite of mine and that was something that got me really that really piqued my interest when I found out about it in the build up to this album mm-hmm. and yeah just this album, when fucking Carrion Flowers comes on. It's just, it is so immediate in how gripping it is. Yeah. And it's just, you know, just this super thick, intense, distorted, heavy song. And that sort of persists throughout, you know, the next three songs. But this album actually has a lot of variety to it. It really does. You know, you've got like... Some like somber acoustic bits like Crazy Love and Survive. And you've got weird experimental stuff like Grey Days and After the Fall. Yep. Yeah, you just, there's a lot going on in this record. And, you know, I looked, I look and I looked a lot into like sort of the backstory of how this record came about. Mm-hmm. And I guess. Uh, Chelsea Wolf herself says that she doesn't really write records autobiographically. Yeah. But I guess she does have experience with sleep paralysis. Yeah, yeah, and that's a theme that this album touches on a lot. And that's as, you know, that's sort of the staring down the abyss. Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. And there's a lot of, like, influence from Carl Jung Yep. And dream interpretation, which she says she doesn't really buy, but she thinks is an interesting idea. It's a fun thing to write songs about. And like, like the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also a lot of depressing stuff. Like, oh, yeah. Like Iron Moon was mm. written about a Chinese factory worker slash poet who committed suicide a few years ago. Yep. And I think Ma is actually about Robin Williams. Mm hmm. So just a lot of 
there's a lot to love and a lot to unpack about this record, and I have been playing it on a constant loop. Yeah, just thematically, musically, production-wise, this album is not one you throw on once and be like, eh, I listened to it. Like, <laughs> it, it's an album you let grow it. You live in this album for a bit. Yeah, this it just... <clears throat> It just grabs you by the throat and throws you right over the edge. Yeah, right into the abyss. And tells you to have fun. (laughs) So the song I've picked from this album is Dragged Out. Good stuff. Which, you know, that was, this was, I think picking a single song off of Abyss was one of the harder parts of this list. Yeah, just every song is just like it kind of does its own thing it's unique for its own in its own way even though it's like still thematically and musically similar like every song is really really great for a very unique reason as well yeah i was like maybe i should i'm like ooh, i could do color of blood or i could do after the fall but yeah i picked dragged out fantastic choice and fantastic choice for album of the year Yes. Go listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. Go right now. It's on Spotify. You have no fucking reason not to.
And before we cap this thing off, I will run down my five to two. Um, coming in at number five, we have The Color Before the Sun from Coed and Cambria. To pimp, at number four, we've got To Pimp a Butterfly from Kendrick Lamar. Jenny Death from Death Grips comes in at number three. And Act Four, Rebirth and Reprise, takes my number two spot in my album of the year will probably shock nobody that has followed me on Twitter at all. Uh, it is Soul Invictus from Faith No More. <laughs> I think that it's just the best comeback album of the year, obviously. But I think that it's just like, holy shit, like these guys still fucking got it. And they got <laughs> it in a way that like, they're not just retracing what they've done. They came back with a whole new set of tunes and a sound that is still very faith no mori but it's just taken to the next logical step it's like they it's like they never disbanded at all um and they it's an album that's just really confident um and and like the slater kenny album top to bottom it is like this 38 minutes of perfection that i i I don't know how else to really explain it it's just the album blew me the fuck away when i first heard it it never left my playlist once it was out. I, I mean, shit, it's almost a daily listen for me at some point. It's just like, <laughs> yo, like there are some times where it's like, yeah, I listen to Sol Invictus every day this week. Um, and the track that I chose from it uh, is the uh, track that I think that sort of exemplifies the best of everything that this album does because it is an album of many styles um, and changes and style changes over the course of its over its brief time span. I chose Rise of the Fall. Uh, just because I, I really like its groove and I like that it exemplifies everything that the album does. Um, my favorite track from the album is Matador, uh, mm. if you if you want to check that out as well. But um, right here is Rise of the Fall from my album of the year, Soul Invictus by Faith No More. Hello. 
And that is 2015. Boy, that's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> so many good tunes. And I was just like, you know what? 2016, keep it going. Just keep the train going. It's going to be difficult. <laughs> yeah, this this year is going to... Like, I cannot think of a year at all that has been this jam-packed with so many fantastic releases. Just, And it's so good because I've got so much shit to listen to now. And it's just like, I'd, I'd never tired of any of these 10 albums on my list. I never tired of any of them. Yeah, I mean, I... That's the same for me. Like, I have, you know these 10 records in almost constant rotation. And I've got a lot of like, I've got my honorable mentions there as well. And I've got a lot of stuff that I really liked, but didn't mention. Yeah. It's just, holy shit. 2016. I hope you've got your act together because you, you've got some work to do. Yeah. So, um, That'll do it for our top 10 albums of 2015. We will be back in the new year with our next regularly unscheduled uh, episode of uh, the Album Listening Club. Our dear friend Byron Halcher, he's got our next pick, and he's, he's chosen, a, he's chosen a, a different one for us. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's going to be fun to talk about. So um, <laughs> we hope you guys have a nice rest of your year, and we will catch you in 2016. Taylor, it has been a goddamn pleasure. Indeed. Listen to more Death Grips. <laughs> <laughs>